Hello, my name is Chris Kreitcho, and this is the New Rust Station Podcast, a show about learning the Rust programming language. This is bonus episode 9. Open source is mostly just normal people. Over the last couple months, I've been working pretty hard at doing some open source work. I've been trying to help get TypeScript to be just a normal part of the workflow in the Ember.js community. This is important to me because I spend nearly all day, nearly every workday, writing Ember.js. And JavaScript is fine, and JavaScript is getting much better all the time. But TypeScript is everything that's nice about modern JavaScript, plus good types. In fact, TypeScript's type system is extremely interesting. I've written a fair bit about that on my blog, and I'll actually link to a few of those things in the show notes for this episode. But I find it, much like Rust, to be an actively pleasant experience to write TypeScript. As a result, I have really wanted to be able to take advantage of that for my daily work. But the story for that hasn't been great. Ember has a custom build tool called Ember CLI, which is really quite good, and I'm very glad to have it and to be able to use it. But it needed some extra work to patch the output of TypeScript into this build pipeline. Late last year, a few other people pitched in and got that up and running. But there were a lot of kinks, there were a lot of bugs, and those people had work with their own jobs that took them away from it. They were not able to keep maintaining it. We needed this with my job. We'd adopted TypeScript elsewhere. We have very aggressively started writing all of our Ember in it, but these bugs were problems. In fact, they were blocking us, in one case, from upgrading to the latest version of Ember, which has the same six-week release train cycle as Rust does. So, I waited for someone else to fix it for a bit. And no one did. And then I realized no one else was going to, because while there's a lot of generic interest in Ember and TypeScript out there, everyone else is busy too. And we needed this, or we were going to have to rip out all of the TypeScript we had written. That wasn't really an option, so I started hacking at it. And frankly, I felt in over my head by a lot from the very outset. I'm a pretty decent JavaScript developer, but the particulars of Ember's build tooling are complicated, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't click for me. So I spent a lot of time trying to get up to speed on it, trying to understand it, and trying to fix these bugs. And we were making progress, but I didn't really expect to be doing this essentially alone. And I was getting help from Ember core team members, for which I'm grateful, and I was waiting for those people who had originally bootstrapped this... Uh, Ember CLI add-on to come back and help. And at the end of the day, they just couldn't. So at the end of the day, I ended up being, and now I am actually, the maintainer of Ember CLI TypeScript. This is not a thing that I would have predicted six months ago. In fact, it's something that I would have actively said I wanted to avoid six months ago, because there's a lot of work with this. But this is a good thing for the ecosystem. And I'm able to help drive it, and I'm able to help do some thought leadering, as they say in JavaScript land, to make fun of that, really. Able to help lay out some ideas of what needs to be done and how to accomplish it to get us there so that this can be a good experience for people writing TypeScript with Ember.js. I didn't see this coming. 
I'm busy. I spend most of my extra time on things like podcasts and hanging out with my family. And now I have a little bit of extra time allocated to that instead. As I was reflecting on all of this, though, the takeaway that I wanted to share with all of you is I think most open source projects are like this. Now, I'm sure that there are cases where people set out to create wildly successful open source projects. And I'm sure that there are cases where people set out knowing full well that they've already got a good bit of cachet from their previous open source projects and so on. That wasn't the case here. It was simply a matter of there being work that needed to get done for us to ship our code at work. And so I buckled down and did it. And there was work that needed to be done to make this actually a good experience, not just for us, but for the community at large. So I buckled down and did it. And you know what? I'm not especially amazing at all of this. I'm not some genius at all of this. I'm just a guy sitting here doing what needs to be done. And here's the secret. So is almost everybody else in open source. Even the help I got from Ember Core team members. They're just people with day jobs who are working on this and squeezing it in between tickets at work and in little bits of free time at home and making it all sail. Two things, then. One, when you see open source maintainers and think that they look like they're doing something you could never do, don't believe it. That's not true. Among other things, well, you might just end up thrown in the deep end and find that not only can you do it, you are doing it and you didn't ask for it or even particularly try to get there, and suddenly you're maintaining an important part of some ecosystem. So don't think that there's something special about being an open source maintainer that means that you can't do it. Pitch in wherever seems like a good place to pitch in, and don't be surprised if you end up carrying a much bigger set of responsibilities around that than you expect, because the second point is that there is a lot to do in any ecosystem in which you find yourself. There are always far more problems to be solved than people available to do them. And while I'm not going to touch today on the economics of open source, I have many thoughts there. I would commend to you a recent episode of The Bike Shed in which this was discussed at some length, and I'll link that in the show notes, including a previous guest of this show, Sean Griffin. Even leaving aside all of those concerns, and again, there's a lot to say there, open source is just people like you and me. So if you're out there listening to this and you're looking at Rust and thinking that maintaining some big open source project seems scary and intimidating, well, it might be a little bit. But also there are a lot of people around who are willing to help you and who will gladly take you stepping up and doing some work and then help empower you to do it. Because the last thing I want to say is the most important thing I've learned from this in many ways. Sometimes you just step up and do it, and all of a sudden there are a lot of helping hands around. That's not always true. But a lot of times people are just looking for someone to take point and get things rolling. A lot of the best work that's happening around TypeScript in the Ember ecosystem right now, I'm not doing. Instead, I'm just helping organize and coordinate it, and I'm chipping in and I'm mentoring people where I can. Again, I'm not an expert, but I know a little more, and this is a common refrain you'll hear. That little bit more that I know is enough to help other people get going and keep going when they get stuck sometimes. All of that to say, Open source is not some special ninja talent. You don't have to be some top-tier major hacker coder awesome person to do it. 
You can just chip in where you have a need, and you might be surprised where you end up. Also, when you see people floundering, especially if you're someone who already does have a lot of experience in open source work, do what people did for me and take some of your own time and help people get up and get going. It's been a fun ride with Ember.js and TypeScript. I'm hoping to dial back how much I have to be involved in that particular project after the next month or two as we get things to a more stable, steady state where things do just work and to be able to devote more of my time and attention on weekends and evenings to, well, things like my much-delayed lightning static site generator project. But however long it takes me to get back to that, I'll be really glad that I had this experience, and I'll be really glad that I'm able to help a lot of other people. And hopefully, in hearing this, you'll be encouraged that you too can go help other people, because open source really is just a bunch of normal people getting stuff done because we need it to get done. Thanks to this month's $10 or more sponsors, Anthony Deschamps, Chris Palmer, Christopher Gifford, Ben Amesfabode, Dan Abrams, Daniel Collin, David W. Allen, Matt Rudder, Olaf Leidinger, Peter Tillemans, Philip Keller, Rafe Levine, and Vesa Kailavirta. As always, thanks as well to everyone who helps other people find the show whether by just telling a friend, rating and reviewing it in iTunes or some other podcast directory, or by sharing it around on social media. I really appreciate all of that. You can find show notes for this episode, including links to the aforementioned blog posts at neurastation.com slash show underscore notes slash bonus slash underscore nine. The show is on Twitter at neurastation. I'm on Twitter at Chris Kreitschow. Do tweet me with news, topic ideas, and so forth. News items are particularly handy to me as they will go in news episodes, which I'll be timing to come out with Rust minor releases. You can also respond in threads for the show on the Rust user forums, Reddit, or Hacker News. And of course, my favorite is just getting email. Shoot me a note at hello at newruststation.com. Until next time, happy coding. Thank you.